I'm Holly Wayment, and this is Pediatrics Now. Today, we're talking about cedar fever. Joining me today is Dr. Ed Brooks. He's an allergist and immunologist with the University of Texas Health Science Center and University Hospital, and he's been in practice 35 years. He's also on the expert panel for asthma guidelines. Dr. Brooks, thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure. Great to have you back on the show. So I guess you're really busy right now with cedar fever. Well, getting people to prepare for it, you know, we got a little uh, early burst of it, which we see from time to time. And our local cedar, I don't think has exploded quite yet. Usually that happens mid-December. It starts to pollinate and then we'll get a peak uh, usually in the first weeks of January. And it really depends on the weather when we get those really cold, dry, cold fronts, the pollen really gets released at that point. And of course, we're talking about in the South Texas region. Correct, the Hill Country, Texas Hill Country. So what kind of questions do you think pediatric practitioners are getting and what what answers would you suggest? You know, it always comes back to talk to your pediatrician about right. your allergies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, emphasize, you know, if they're on medications to, and the kids don't like it, and they usually slack off the nasal sprays. So the particularly the steroid nasal sprays are the most effective. And when their allergies are really severe, they can double up or triple up on it several times a day to try to get ahead of the allergies. The other thing that helps when the pollen counts are high is the sinus rinses. Again, kids don't like that a lot of times, but just a little saline rinse to physically rinse the pollen grains out of your nose and rinse the eyes as well, because it'll get in the eyes and cause some itching. Do you recommend using a, an over-the-counter saline spray rather than the neti pot where you have to make sure the water is purified? If, yeah, if you tolerate the neti pot, they work really well. Um, just over-the-counter saline nasal sprays work fine as well. You know, if they don't tolerate that, just anything that can uh, rinse it out and get all the gunk out of there. Is there anything new on the cedar fever front? Not a whole lot, unfortunately, from a therapeutic right. standpoint, the current medications work fairly well. You know, allergy desensitization or allergy shots work pretty well. Uh, allergy drops work, but you got to use very high doses of it. But nothing, nothing new. I mean, like I said, that Last year was a modest year in, in part because of the dry summers we've had. We don't know what it's going to be like this year. These early little puffs of cedar that they've counted on some of the local counters, the people who are really sensitive will, will notice, but they're not that high overall compared to, in other words, it, the counts yesterday were 700, and that's sort of a, a, so many pollen grains per cubic millimeter or a cubic uh, yard of or meter of uh, air and the peaks the peak of mountain cedar the highest they ever got was 80,000 <laughs> and in the, in 2011 it reached about 40 or 50,000 last year it stayed up around 10,000 a few days but it really was a modest season so yeah. when those pollen counts go up you start noticing symptoms get on the medication the antihistamines can be helpful Benadryl at bedtime, 
Zyrtec, Allegra, you know, all the over, they're all over the counter and the nasal sprays, you don't have to use any particular brand. They all, they all work. Do you recommend during the day taking Zyrtec or Allegra and, and the, the Benadryl at night doing both of those? You can, I tell parents to, you know, base it on how, how the, how bad the symptoms are. If they're not that bad and, you know, one a day is taken care of it. That's fine. You can certainly take antihistamines twice a day as well. Do you recommend that kids wear masks outside or avoid, if they have cedar allergies, avoid going out as much now that we have this beautiful weather here in South Texas? Well, A, I am loath to tell anybody not to go outside. <laughs> yeah. I, kids spend enough time indoors and their vitamin D levels are low. They need the sunshine and you get a beautiful day like this. It is today. It's a great day to go out and play. But that said, you know, uh, the masks do work. They do help people, but most kids are not going to wear a mask. A lot of them may. And, it, and, and if you watch the pollen counts, if they're super high and you're going to be out outdoors all day long, then yeah, it would be useful to wear a mask. But, you know, understanding <laughs> kids are probably not going to do that. Yes. Well, do you also, should we be thinking about if, if people can afford it, the sublingual drops? Yeah, they're very effective. Uh, as I said, you have to use high concentrations and we offer that in our clinic. But again, because of the high dose, you know, the extract costs are kind of pricey. So um, it's, it's maybe cost prohibitive and insurance doesn't cover it is, is the unfortunate reality. Should a child start the sublingual drops during cedar season or after it passes, or what's your advice there? Yeah, normally you would want to start before the season hits, so you get desensitized, you know, before the season hits. So some people do a seasonal desensitization, even with allergy shots, and they'll start in September and build it up so they can get some protection during the season. If you stay on drops or shots, in children, I say about two years to three years, then you should have a more long-term benefit where you wouldn't need medication and, and uh, you're not doing the shots anymore. You have a, a clinic, UT Health San Antonio Clinic in the medical center where you practice and then also at University Hospital. What, what if a right. child has, has asthma and cedar allergies, then should, they, then should they be staying, not going outside so much right now? Only if their asthma is flaring up, um, you know, they're going to have difficulty running and playing and exercising. So you want to minimize that if they are having a flare up of their asthma and you make sure that child is taking their preventive medicine and uh, following their asthma action plan, a more significant trigger for asthma or the viral infections, which we've got plenty of. And so just having a cold doesn't necessarily mean the asthma will flare up. And just having allergies doesn't necessarily mean the asthma will flare up, although they definitely the allergies will contribute. How do you tell the difference between a cold and allergies? Can you give us a refresher on that? Yeah, well, there's a, a quickie rule of thumb. Cedar fever doesn't cause fever. You know, that's a misnomer. So if the child has a fever, they've got an infection. If they've got green runny nose, again, allergies tend to give you a runny nose, but it tends 
to be kind of a clear runny nose. And so those are the only things for sure that you can hang your hat on. Pollen allergies, if they really have cedar allergies, it's going to last for about a month, you know, depending on the pollen counts. And colds kind of come and go. And that's another way you can look back and say, well, they got a runny nose, but then they got better. And it was still pollen out there, so they probably aren't allergic to the cedar pollen. Could a child develop, I mean, at some point they develop it, but could it be at any age, just seemingly out of the blue, all of a sudden they're allergic to cedar? Yes. Yes. Wow. <laughs> cedar has a way of doing that. It'll take people who typically don't have allergies. And if you live here for a long period of time, you may develop cedar allergy. Wow. And in part, that's just because the nature of the pollen is, is very potent and we have so much of it here. Wow, I did not know that. And, and so should, if you suspect your child or your patient has cedar allergies, should that child be tested quickly? Yeah, you can test them, although it's pretty, if, if you follow the pollen counts and their symptoms are very discreet in the wintertime from in mid-December to through January, and then they go away after that, you know, and year after year, then that's that's pretty that's a adjunct information. The testing is relatively straightforward. Pediatricians can order the blood testing and it's pretty good. And if they're really allergic to the cedar, they should see a positive test. Okay. And then follow the what it says over the counter for medications after that. Right, right. Yeah, all the medications now are over the counter. Dr. Brooks, is there anything else you want pediatric practitioners to know about cedar allergies right now? Well, the hardest thing, the, the most difficulty I have is distinguishing between whether they have a cold or they have a chronic sinus infection or allergy or both. You certainly can have both. And so that's one of the complications of kids with allergies. Their, their sinuses don't drain as efficiently, but and in part because the antihistamines kind of slow that drainage down. So when you have a cold, I usually tell my patients, stop your antihistamines, let mm. that stuff drain out. Again, if it's sort of the yellowish greenish and they got a little fever or they're, you know, having other symptoms of a cold, then in general, you want to cut back on antihistamines and let the nose be runny. Um, because if you try to dry that nose up, particularly with the antihistamines like Benadryl, they're very drying. You actually can increase the chance of having a sinus infection. Mm. Yes, so the antihistamine dries you up and then the cold could be getting worse. Right, right. And unfortunately, a lot of the over-the-counter cold and allergy medicines will have an antihistamine in there. And, and they tend to use in those remedies the, what we call the first-generation antihistamines, something called chlorpheniramine, which is similar to Benadryl. And, you know, because it's, quote, cold medicine, but in my philosophy is let that nose run, get that stuff out, and, and you're less likely to develop a sinus infection. So that, that's the hardest lesson when you're getting both cold. People are together on the, through the holidays and passing germs around. And so even though they're not in school, you're still a likelihood of catching an infection or a cold. And in that short time in the exam room, 
how does the pediatric practitioner distinguish that? You know, trying to get an allergy history, but is there a, a seasonality to it? Many children have perennial allergies to things like dust mite and pet dander. And so they kind of have an itchy runny nose all year round, which is suggestive of allergy. And some may have significant worsening during the springtime, March and April, which would be all the other trees tend to pollinate in March and April. Mountain cedar is unique that it pollinates in the winter. And other than some winter grasses, there's not a lot of other pollens out there. So that can help distinguish. So they say, oh yeah, every year my child has itchy, sneezing, runny nose, watery eyes all through January and doesn't get better till you know February, then that's suggestive that they may have mountain cedar allergy. The, the, the main areas where mountain cedar lives is in Arkansas and the, in the uh, Ozarks and then the Arbuckle Mountains in Oklahoma. And then of course the Texas Hill Country, those are the three hotspots for that particular species. And that, you know, mountain cedar or what we call Juniperus ashii is, is somewhat unique in the characteristics of the pollen itself. And it's extremely potent. A lot of the other junipers, you know, you know there's uh, decorative things people put in their yard and there's juniper species all around the country. And in fact, when you leave the hill country and head east in Texas, you see, quote, cedar, what cedar looking trees. And that's a, all across the country. It's called the eastern red cedar. And it turns out, it's, although the pollen uh, allergens are virtually identical, they're just not as potent. And in part, that's because the, we have so much mountain cedar and it puts out so much pollen so that the amounts of pollen is really significant that, that they get a dose, a big dose of it. But then there's some other physical characteristics of the pollen grain that make it more uh, potent in inducing allergy. So a lot of people are thankful for those over-the-counter over medications. <laughs> yeah, everybody's on them, you know. Now, again, the, the, the folks that get allergy shots, and there's lots of great allergists all over San Antonio, probably in part for this reason, the mountain cedar, and uh, they get significant relief from the uh, shot therapy, the immunotherapy. Dr. Ed Brooks, allergist, immunologist with the University of Texas Health Science Center and University Hospital, thank you so much for being here today on Pediatrics Now. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Pediatrics Now. Click on the link for free credit if you're a practitioner. You can also email us with questions or episode ideas. That address is pediatricsnow at uthscsa.edu. We release a new episode every Friday. I'm Holly Wayment. I hope you can join us for our next episode. Thanks for listening.